You're listening to the Entrepreneur Ignited Podcast, where we aim to simplify online business so you can make more money. Now, here's your host, Derek Gale. Hi, my name is Derek Gale, and welcome to the Entrepreneur Ignited Podcast. And uh, in this episode, I'm going to be revealing my five secrets to outsourcing your digital empire. And uh, the reason I want to talk about this is because uh, in episode seven of the podcast, I just did a really info-packed, valuable interview with an outsourcing guru uh, by the name of Monty Hook. And uh, we talked about what he's discovered in the world of outsourcing. going from a guy unsuccessfully outsourcing to uh, now the CEO of a company that uh, has over 200 full-time employees in the Philippines and is now outsourcing for and managing the back-end outsourcing for probably hundreds of companies around the world. Now, uh, I wanted to uh, kind of continue on the theme of that because, uh, you know, it's, it's fresh in my mind right now. Lately, I've been doing a little bit of hiring and recruiting and looking for ways to improve efficiencies in my virtual teams. Uh, so what I wanted to do with you today is share what I consider my five secrets to building a successful virtual empire, if you will. And, uh, you know, I've been outsourcing for a very long time now. When I sold uh, the last company, my last company with with real offices and employees in 2009, I went from having an office in Vancouver, an office in Austin, Texas, uh, combined of over 100 employees. And uh, when I exited that company, I made a uh, commitment to myself, and that commitment was to never saddle myself with so much overhead, with such a large physical team um, all in one place and to leverage the new technology and opportunities that are available to us to build these absolutely incredible organizations that we can run from our laptop and leverage talent from around the world, no longer being limited to the uh, specific geographic radius around us. And so, uh, you know, when I first started outsourcing in 2009, uh, you know, I'll be honest, I sucked at it. (laughs) And uh, I made every mistake in the book. Uh, I lost, uh, I lost a lot of money and a lot of lost opportunity on projects, um, making mistakes. And, you know, the goal of this podcast today is to share with you sort of the five truths of outsourcing that I've discovered, that if you follow these five rules, you can be massively successful at building a virtual empire, or even just outsourcing different components of a traditional business and lowering your overhead and capitalizing on this incredible talent that exists globally, um, and in many cases for a fraction of what you'd pay for it in your local markets. So let's uh, let's dive in here. And uh, now let's understand, first of all, when we're outsourcing, there are two types of 
projects that you can outsource. There is what I would consider a uh, a contract with a fixed goal or deliverable or outcome, all right? So I want you to build this logo or write this sales letter or create this graphic, all right? Those are short contracts that you can outsource. And you know, through the life of your business, particularly when you're in the smaller stages, there may be a lot of those short contracts where you'll be out seeking people to work with to help you accomplish these smaller tasks. Maybe you need a website or a logo or something like that. But as your business grows, you may find more and more that you need ongoing uh, contractors to work with you on an ongoing basis. And so, one of the things that I found, and this isn't one of my five secrets or my five truths, if you will, it's more something I found I wanted to share with you. And that is when I'm hiring contractors to do just short one-off things, maybe I need a logo, maybe I need an article written or a sales letter, I'm always of the mind that I'm looking for somebody um, that may be a potential candidate for ongoing work in the future if they are good. So I'm always going to put in a little extra effort into recruiting and stuff to make sure I get good people, even for my short contracts. Okay. So, um, now the, the five secrets I'm going to reveal here, the five truths, uh, they apply to pretty much any of the major outsourcing platforms, whether you're hiring people directly or through, uh, through Odesk or Elance or Upwork, or which is the new Odesk, or any of those type things, um, it doesn't. This wouldn't necessarily apply to a Ninety Nine Designs or a CrowdSpring or a Fiverr, where you're you're just throwing things out, crowdsourcing or doing one off things very very cheap. Okay, so what we're talking about is is larger projects, hiring for ongoing or for bigger projects, where maybe somebody's designing a website for you, or doing a marketing service for you, or doing writing stuff for you. Okay, so let's get started with my five secrets or five truths, whatever we want to call them today. Now, uh, secret number one. Now, this is a big mistake that I see people make all the time. And the secret is to hire for mastery, not a jack of all trades. Now, what I mean by that is all too often, and this is very, very common in um, writing projects, in uh, web design products, where somebody will say, hey, I need to hire a writer, and I want a writer that can write SEO articles. I want a writer that can research and write ebooks. I want a writer that can write good ad copy. So I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to advertise for a writer to do some sales copy that can also write some articles that can also do some of this. And what you're asking there is a jack-of-all-trades writer. And the fact is, is when you go for a jack-of-all-trades, you typically get somebody that's mediocre at everything but not really, really good at one thing, okay? So, for example, if I want to hire a copywriter, I don't look for – if I find somebody that's not writing copy full-time, they only write copy once in a while, although it's in their profile, they might apply for the job, but most of their time spent writing articles, they're not really a – finely tuned copywriter. And I'm not going to get the best result out of that. Another common mistake I see is people say, hey, I need a web designer. So they're looking for somebody that can not only design graphically their entire website, but somebody that can code it as well. 
So I need a web designer to do everything. Now, I'm not saying you can't find that magical special person. Occasionally, you come across those people. I have a few on my team that that are really good um, at a few different things. But in general, if you want to go out, for example, and build a website, you're better off to hire a dedicated whiz-bang graphics guy or gal that is specializes in doing graphics. And they'll do a fantastic mock-up for you. And then to hire a you know a crack coder that can go out there and create and code that design into a high functioning website again my experience has been if you look for both in most cases you get a mediocre design and a site that's been built half-assed okay so my message to you there is when you're hiring and you're outsourcing, make sure you're hiring people that are a master at a specific skill. They have mastery in design, in graphics, or in coding. They have mastery in sales copy or mastery in writing ebooks, but they're not a jack of all trades. Okay, so that's rule number one, secret number one hire for mastery, not a jack of all trades. Rule number two. Take your time to hire. And, you know, this is something that uh, that's a little bit fresh in my mind. And, and the reason why is, you know, we've been looking for a really good graphics guy. And uh, we had a guy uh, with us for a while. Um, and uh, they moved on. And now we're looking for another graphics guy. And as entrepreneurs, we're typically impatient and we want everything yesterday. So uh, I would love to just place an ad and hire the first person that came in. But the fact is, is I'm advertising on a few different job boards, on onlinejobs.ph, on Craigslist, on Upwork. And frankly, we haven't been getting a lot of great applications. Now, what I see a lot of people do is they'll put up an ad, they'll run it for a week and go, oh, there's nobody out there. But remember, hiring is a bit of a fishing expedition, you cast your line out there and maybe you'll get some bites. Maybe you'll get some nibbles. Maybe you'll get some that look okay. You'll reel them in and throw them back because they didn't really look good when you, when you actually got them into the boat and looked at them. But you keep your line out there because eventually that big one's going to swim along, bite the hook, and away you go. You've got yourself a winning, uh, uh, the winning fish. So the same goes with hiring. It can be a process. You're casting your ads out there and you're updating them and making sure that they're front and center and you'll get a consistent stream of uh, a consistent stream of resumes coming in, applications coming in. And maybe you'll luck out and get the perfect candidate the first day. But more than likely, it might take you a week, uh, two weeks, a month, maybe even longer to find that person. So take your time to hire. Don't be in a rush. And... Now, there's a few other parts to this take your time. So, you know, again, take your time. Don't settle for the first person that comes in. If they're not the right fit, don't try and make them the right fit because you're impatient because that's just going to be a waste of your time, their time, and more importantly, your money, okay? So uh, now, to further take the time to hire, this is another mistake I see people make uh, when you are outsourcing and hiring contractors online, whether it be through Upwork or directly or whatever. And that is not putting the time in to interview people that you would put into if you're going to hire a full-time employee to come to your office. 
or to a, a regular local job. And so, you know, if somebody applies at a local, uh, let's say a local Starbucks, Starbucks is going to bring them in for a first interview in person. Then they're going to bring them in for a second interview uh, where they'll get to know them even better. And there's a process. Any company has a process for interviewing. Why? Because looking at a resume doesn't tell you a damn thing about a person. A resume is simply a piece of paper that opens the door for an interview. You cannot make a hiring decision on a resume or on an application received via Upwork. To truly hire the right person, whether you're hiring virtual or physical, you need to do a real interview. And for whatever reason, people just seem to hate doing this. But if you want to hire good talent, you need to get on Skype and interview them. And there's a couple things that we're looking for here. But the fact is, is if somebody isn't willing to hop on Skype and at least talk to you, maybe they don't want to do video, that's fine. I prefer to do video because I can look them in the eye, get to know them a little bit better, um, but uh, at least have a voice chat with them. And, and the reason why is because you can get so much more information about a person when you talk to them. You can read so much more about a person while you're communicating with them than you can via a chat where they have time to think about everything and you don't get their immediate reply. And the other thing that we're doing when we are actually talking to somebody on Skype is we're validating that they can effectively communicate in our language. The fact is I've dealt with people that their written English looks good, but when I actually start talking to them, they can't speak the language very well and we can't communicate. And so even though their chats may look good, their online emails may look good, because they have some time to think it through. I know when we get into the heat of a project, if they can't communicate with me via voice, we're going to have a communication issue. So make sure you have a common language that you can effectively communicate in. And finally, well, not finally, two more things in the whole take your time to hire rule is you know, check references. And when I say check references, here's a little trick I learned in hiring years ago, and I've hired hundreds of people over my career. Ask for examples and references, but don't let them pick who they're going to give to you. So when you're interviewing somebody, ask them, what was the last contract you did? Well, it was this contract. And then you ask them, well, how did it turn out? Well, it turned out great. Okay, good. Uh, now, what would you say that the, you know, the manager of that contract or whoever hired you would have to say about that contract? If I was, you know, if I spoke to them, how would they describe your performance? And then the uh, contractor is going to say, well, they would probably say this, this, and this. And then you say, fantastic. Would it be okay if I reached out to that person just to confirm and ask them a few questions about your performance? Now, if they say, oh, absolutely not, well, they probably have something to hide, okay? And now what I've done as well is I've set them up so that they know that I'm going to pick the references I want to talk to and, uh, and you know, they need to be upfront and honest. The fact is, if you say, hey, do you have any references you can give me? Nobody's going to give you a reference that's going to say anything bad about them. So I want to go back, pick some projects, and talk to the people on them.
Now, would I go to this detail if I was just hiring for, you know, I need somebody to create a logo? No. But if I was looking for somebody to work with on an ongoing basis or a bigger project where I'm investing potentially hundreds or maybe even thousands of dollars, absolutely, I'd want to know that this is the right person. And then finally, in this hiring process, as you're taking your time to hire, when you've decided that, hey, these are the right person, don't roll them into this big project to start them out. Instead, give them a test project. Come up with a project that is small, something they could turn around in maybe a day or less and pay them for it, but make sure that they deliver on time. Make sure they understand the instructions you gave them and they deliver an acceptable result. Because if you give them a small test project and they're unable to accomplish that test project, the likelihood of them accomplishing a bigger project is slim to none. Okay, so just to summarize, secret number two, Truth number two is take your time to hire. Don't take the first candidate that runs in the door or the first application you get on Upwork. And when you do get some good applications, put in the time to interview them. Make sure you interview them using voice, at least chatting with them on Skype or something like Skype. And uh, make sure that they can communicate. If this is going to be somebody that you're investing a lot with, check their references. But don't let them pick the references. You choose the references based on past projects that they've talked about in their resume. And finally, start small. Give them a test project. Okay, so that uh, that secret had numerous sort of subsections to it, but very, very impo- uh, important. Which brings us to secret to successfully outsourcing number three. And that is whenever possible... Pay for a result or an outcome, not the time put in. So what I mean by that is all too often people don't really know how long a project's going to take. So they think, ah, you know, I don't want to really think this through and map it out. So I'll just pay you $10 an hour to complete this project. But the fact is, is contractors who are billed and paid hourly have no motivation to complete a project on time to spec as quickly as possible when they're being when they're billing hourly. Now, I don't want to say every contractor is going to, is is out there to screw you and they're going to bill you hourly and take as long as possible because that's not the truth. You know, good contractors I've dealt with that I've dealt with for a long time, I trust implicitly because we have a, a history and I know that they work efficiently. But particularly when you're getting started, make sure that when you start a project, whenever possible, pay for an outcome. So if it's a website, agree, okay, I'm willing to pay $500 for the completion of this website. Here are the exact deliverables of what I consider completed, okay? And this is what you will get paid for completing it. And again, I would still have some deadlines in place and stuff as well because you don't want it the, just a, you know some uh, open-ended uh, project. You want to give them a deadline. But the point is, is you're not going to pay them hourly. So now they're motivated to complete that as quickly as possible so that they can get paid rather than being paid hourly. Now, I know that sometimes you're going to need to pay via time. So paying somebody hourly, because, you know, sometimes you just can't pay for an outcome. Maybe you're paying for somebody to do an ongoing project, uh, ongoing support, customer support, or or something that's just a big project that, you know, there isn't clarity for you to estimate how much it's going to cost. 
Now, that being said, you can still do this uh, successfully as long as when you are letting somebody bill you hourly to work on a project or to do some kind of maybe ongoing task, make sure you set an expectation of the deliverable relative to the time, okay? So every hour you should be able to write a thousand words. Every, um, uh, you know, you should be able to answer on average uh, 13 customer support requests or tickets per hour, okay? These are the averages. And give them those averages. Set that benchmark so that you know whether they're being productive or not. Giving them something to measure against. If you don't give them deliverable, if you don't give them something to measure against, uh, you're leaving yourself open to maybe not being spending your dollars as optimized and efficiently as possible with your outsourcing. So, Back to the original secret here, though, is whenever possible, pay for a result, so a completed project, an outcome, not the time they put into it, which brings us to secret number four, and uh, that is a big trap people fall into, and that is outsource a task or a process, not an objective or an outcome. One of the biggest reasons entrepreneurs fail at outsourcing is because they outsource an objective or an outcome rather than outsourcing the tasks to complete that objective or outcome. Now, what I mean by this is, let's say search engine optimization. The objective of search engine optimization or the outcome of good search engine optimization is increased traffic and better rankings in Google. Now, if you went to, let's say, Upwork and you said, hey, I want somebody to get me better rankings in Google and drive more traffic, and that was the project. Now you're outsourcing an outcome. Now, are you going to get people that will apply for that job? claim they can do that job? Yeah, absolutely you will. But will they do a good job? No, they won't. Okay. Because the fact of the matter is, is when you're outsourcing to, and keep in mind, we're talking about outsourcing to capitalize on low cost uh, labor. When you're outsourcing to capitalize on low cost labor, you can't expect the people that you're outsourcing to to have the skill sets to create your desired outcome. Now, if you went to a professional SEO for, firm in uh, and, and spent you know tens of thousands of dollars and et cetera, et cetera, and they were well-known and they had a team of S crack SEOs experts, fine. They could probably achieve your objective or outcome, but you're going to spend a fortune. So if you want to outsource and capitalize on the low-cost labor, well, you need to take a step back and say, okay, here's my objective. Here's my outcome. I want to get top rankings in Google for this keyword. So in order to do that, I need to understand SEO, and I need to create a series of tasks that are going to drive that objective. So that may be adding new optimized content to my website every single week. That may be 
Um, utilizing YouTube, that may be uh, building backlinks, that may be uh, from these types of websites. But my point here is, is what I'm doing is I'm breaking it down into a series of tasks. And then I can go out and I can outsource those tasks. I can create processes for those tasks. And now I can outsource those tasks. And I can build a team or a single person that can complete those tasks and processes based on how I've trained them to do it. And that process, those tasks combined will create a strategy that is going to drive my objective or my outcome. Now, hopefully that wasn't too confusing and I hope you followed that. But the point of the matter uh, here is you can't expect to go out and hire somebody for five or six dollars an hour, seven dollars, even ten dollars an hour and ask them to create an outcome or an objective that you, A, don't know how to create yourself or B, um, would in a first world country may cost you a lot to accomplish. So let's take another step here. Let's talk about websites. Again, I see a mistake where people say, hey, I've got this widget. I want to sell this widget. They go on to Upwork and they post, I need an e-commerce website that's going to sell this widget. Um, I want it to have an About Us page, uh, a blog, a shopping cart, and I like the color blue. Okay, and there's the dis- instructions they give out. And, and, and that's not far off of some of the stuff I've seen out there. And so you get a whole bunch of designers that say, yep, absolutely, we can do that. And they can do that. Um, but now you've given them these vague details and you're expecting them to create an outcome, the, a beautiful website, come up with the content, come up with all this stuff that effectively sells your product. Well, I guarantee you that the average designer you're going to outsource to through a platform like Upwork or or Elance or whatever is not going to be able to accomplish what you have in your head, what your vision is. Again, if you want to outsource to a super high-end design firm with creative professionals, copywriters, all that, uh, and spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, yeah, they'll probably get close. But... What we're talking about here is building teams, leveraging the low-cost low cost talent that exists in countries like the Philippines, in countries like India, uh, some of the Eastern European countries as well. And, it, and the fact of the matter is, is they're very good at process and task, but not at creating the objective, the outcome that you're looking for, achieving that objective, okay? So again, secret number four. Outsource a task or process, not an objective or an outcome. Which brings us to secret to successfully outsourcing number five. And that is the more you put in, the more you get out. And the foundation of this is communication. Again, where... I see people fail at outsourcing the most is in their communication. Now, you need to remember that if you had a team in your office or a physical location where people came to work every day and you're all sitting around and you're communicating and there's, you know, water cooler chatter and you're having meetings and you're brainstorming on whiteboards and you're, you're, you're disseminating your knowledge and your ideas to these people on a daily basis. 
And that creates a team. That creates people that understand your visions and what you want. Now, I see people make the mistake of going out, hiring a few people, whether that's directly, but virtually, or through Upwork, giving out some vague instructions and hoping to create a a fantastic outcome. And that just doesn't work. If you want to build a real team, I don't care if it's in your office, I don't care if it's virtual, you need to come up with consistent, reliable communication for those people at quite a few different levels. Now, the first level you need to communicate with people on is clear expectations and deliverables for your projects that you're assigning to them or for the processes and tasks that they're responsible for. So what I mean by that is, for example, when I want to um, outsource a website, a design to my designer who lives in the Philippines, who I've now worked with for quite a few years, Even today, I will still mock it up in software that I can literally create a wireframe. There's no graphics. It's just boxes. And then I can type the text in and I can give instructions on what colors I want to use and and, uh, where to put different text. And, And so effectively, when I give it to him, it's all laid out. He just needs to add the graphical element based on my input. I would never say, hey, I want a web page that sells widgets, okay? I'm going to put in the time up front to make sure they truly understand that. In the past, when I've outsourced software development, in order to effectively communicate with the programmers, we did the entire UI, the user interface for the software, and then had a full write-up on what every input and button was supposed to do in that software, So they didn't have to design anything. They had to build the functionality behind that. But it was very clear what we were trying to achieve and communicate. So that's the level of communications. If you want to get a lot out of people, you need to put a lot in, in your communication. And because you're not working in an office, you need to do more work up front. You're not working in person side by side. You need to be willing to put in the effort up front to put together what I'd call up a project brief, okay? An outline that has all the details somebody would need to effectively understand what's in your head and turn that into the outcome you desire. And that's not going to be one or two sentences. And you know what? For bigger projects, that can take you hours, days to complete. But if you put in the time up front, the outcome you get from your team is going to be far better than if you don't put in the time. And you're going to end up having to go back and put that time in later, and it's going to cost you more money and lost opportunity. So make sure you communicate. So that's at the project, the detail level. But there's another level of communication that as you start to foster and build and grow your team that you need to be aware of. And that is at the team level, making people feel like they're part of a team. You know, it's really easy to have uh, contractors all over the world that – 
it's very impersonal. You know, you send them an email or something and they just, you know, they send it back. But if you can foster an environment where people feel like they're part of something, where they're part of your team, where they have a stake in what you're creating, where they understand your vision, just like you would do within an organization or a company, you're going to get a far better result, a far, and beyond that, a far more loyal base of people that you're now working with. You know, here's the deal with contractors, contractors out freelancers, if they get a better offer, many times they'll take that offer unless you can create a really good team environment where they're happy to be part of this. And how do you do that? You do that through communication. How do I do that? Every single week, I hop on a team meeting with my group where we talk about what's going on. I keep them up to date on stuff. I treat them like I would a real team with goals, with accountabilities, with the praise that goes along with a team that's doing well. So there's two levels of communication here. It's fostering a team, making them feel like they're part of something, but then also communicating them with at that detailed level they need to successfully execute the projects that you are giving to them. All right, so there you go. There's my five secrets to successfully outsourcing your digital empire. Just to recap those, number one was hire for mastery, not for jack-of-all-trades. Uh, take your time to hire, okay? Don't be in a rush. Find the right people. Number three, whenever possible, pay for a result, not for time put in. Number four was outsource a task, a process, not an objective or an outcome. And last but not least, the more you put in, the more you get out. You need to effectively communicate with your team. So I hope you've taken away uh, some valuable tips and strategies that you can now apply to your business and leverage the huge talent pool that exists out there. I want to thank you very much for listening to this Entrepreneur Ignited podcast episode. And if you like what you're here, I beg I ask, I plead, head over to iTunes, click the subscribe button to make sure you never miss another episode. And if you like what you hear, leave a review. You can leave it with the little stars there. Give us a nice five-star review or uh, leave a, a written review. We'd love to hear from you as well. And uh, that way you won't miss any of the upcoming episodes twice a week. We've got new episodes coming out, one with me, just like this, doing training, and another where I find an industry expert, an entrepreneur that has something special to share, and I dig in and I get them to share it so you can take their wisdom and apply it to your business as well. So thank you very much. And uh, as per usual you can head over to entrepreneurignited.com forward slash podcast where you'll find this episode along with a transcript and the show notes and links to any resources I may have mentioned. So have a productive day, a productive week, and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. This is Derek Gale signing off from the Entrepreneur Ignited podcast. You're listening to the Entrepreneur Ignited podcast, where we aim to simplify online business so you can make more money. 